welcome to Bridging the Gap. Uh, this is uh, my weekly Twitter space on uh, AMG, it's the company that I work for, and this is uh, my weekly Twitter space on our Twitter account. Uh, it's where it's hosted, and you can find previous episodes on Spotify. Just look up AMG Spaces. I think this is number 15 or 16 for me. And basically what I do is I talk to people in the community, whether they're creators or casters or analysts um, or owners, coaches, anybody that is in the, you know, creator industry at all um, or gaming industry in general. Uh, and I talk about how they got from where they started to where they are um, and kind of bridge the gap between where they started to where they're at today. And hopefully my hope each week is that you guys pick up some kind of nuggets um, that you get something. And for the second half of this, um, so in about 25 minutes or so, um, I'll open it up for questions. So if any of you guys have questions, uh, you can ask Nameless or myself. Uh, but we always get Bridging the Gap started with some fun would you rather questions. Uh, so Nameless, if you're ready, <laughs> I'm just gonna drill you with some, some would you rather questions. All right, let's get it. Drill it. All right, brother. Uh, first one, uh, would you rather team with current Clayster or current Crim6? Uh, current Clay. Okay. I'm going uh, current Clay. That's my guy. No, I feel you. I feel you. I mean, if you go off of just talent, like, that makes sense. I can understand that answer. Um, also, just, like, friend, like I'm better friends with Clay, and, and uh, I know how he thinks when it comes to COD. Um, it'd just be less frustrating. Less frustrating environment, <laughs> the better we could become. <laughs> Yeah, that's facts. I mean, you teamed <laughs> in some frustrating environments, though. We'll talk about that later. Oh, but... yes. <laughs> um, would you rather uh, get in a boxing match with, and this is with gloves, uh, with Alec or Pristine? I mean, either one, honestly. I uh, probably Pristine, though. I mean, I'm good friends with both of them, but I don't think I could. I, I don't think I could swing at Alec, so I'm going Pristine. <laughs> All right. Uh, would you rather? Coach or cast? Oh, um, I don't know. If it's like a would you rather? I think they both have pros and cons, and I mean, obviously, a lot of pros to both of them. Um, I feel like with coaching, like you're more involved. Like the competitor in me would be, right. you know, a lot more excited and stuff. But it'd be way more stressful. And with casting, like you're still very involved, and you get to like help paint the story to the community. So. Right. I don't know if I can answer that. I guess I'll go cast. Okay. All right. But I've never coached uh, a team, though, so I don't know. I mean, were you? would you consider yourself a leader on the teams you were on, though? Yeah, I think every single team I was ever on, I was the leader or became the leader after a bit. Gotcha. So would you rather shave your beard or your hair? Oh, uh, my hair, 100%, bro. <laughs> I rocked the bald beard combo, dude. I'm cool with that. <laughs> Um, would you rather be able to dunk a basketball at will or drop a 40 bomb at will? I can already drop a 40 bomb at will. Nice. Are you talking about, so in, pro <laughs> You're talking about in pro matches? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Oh, what? In pro matches, drop a 40 bomb. That'd be 10 time rings. <laughs> yeah, that's facts. <laughs> um, would you rather lose your sight or lose your hands? Oh, lose my hands, bro. Yeah, I feel you. All right, last question. Would you rather live with uh, Parasite or Killa? Oh, Haggy, 100%. Dude, I lived with Chris before. It was good vibes, man. I, living with Killa, that's my guy, but I don't know. That guy's rogue, dude. I don't know what he's up to on the day-to-day, -day, so I'm going with uh, Chris for sure. Chris is honestly one of my, my better friends. I mean, we, we haven't talked in a while, but I lived with him plenty of times, and it was always a good time. Well, you guys team together a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah, like a good amount. So let's talk a little bit about your playing career. Thanks for playing. Would you rather? Um, I'm I'm kind of curious. I know you've talked about it before on different interviews and things like that. Um, I know you were on the eavesdrop one time and you talked a little bit about it. But um, how did you actually get your start in Call of Duty and how did you become a pro? All right. So to the best of my ability, with all these like early career questions, I'm gonna answer these. I might forget things gotcha. here and there because it's just been so long. But um. How did I, do you want to know like how I started gaming or how I started like my career? Call of Duty uh, specifically, yeah. All right, so well, when I first played Call of Duty was Call of Duty Two. Um, I played like all different types of games growing up, 
and then I got the 360. Like my grandma somehow got it when it was like super hard to find. And um, she got me Call of Duty 2. And I was like playing that split screen with my friends and stuff. And then I got Xbox Live. And I met my first friend I ever made an Xbox Live in a random public match was this guy named Greg or Aftermath at the time. And mm-hmm. he ended up, I mean, like later on, he ended up becoming a really good like pro player as well, which is hilarious. But I was also his first friend on Xbox Live. And we were like just dominating public matches together. And so like after like a month or two, we made like some some other friends and stuff. And we we actually funny story, we were in like a private chat. We're like, dude, we're, who are all these people with clan tags? Like what are these these like <laughs> names in front of their name? Because we'd see them in the public matches and we would beat them. We we're like, dude, these guys, like, who are they? We want one. Um, so we actually called Xbox support like on the phone on speaker like while we were in private chat i did to try to figure out how to make a clan and they were like what are you talking about so <laughs> we just started like trying to ask people and then they told us uh it was uh game battles socom battles it had just changed the game battles and we uh went on there and basically what's like that is the start and then from there like i just played call of duty in like match format like either on the ladder or tournaments literally from that that point on so you know, when I retired and eventually became an analyst. How did you get picked up in the first place, like by a pro team? Well, it's just hard when you define pro. So like with my story, it's a lot different than like the other, other players. Cause like for me, yeah. I started in COD two, right? There was no pro. It was just people just like yeah. competing. But for me, stuff. like, yeah. But like for me, it's so much different. Cause I just considered, you know, that community, the top percent that was dominating whatever it was, the highest state call of duty, I consider that pro all the way until I guess the pro circuit began. So I was already in the 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 circle of pro players from the literally the inception of competitive call of duty. So like the inception of competitive call of duty was literally the game battles team ladder on Call of Duty 2. Yep. I joined License to Kill, which is L2K, which was actually ran by... Well, I was on teams before that, but the big one I guess I joined was L2K, which was Assassin's team. Um, You know Assassin, right? Um, Yeah, yeah. So Assassin had a team, and his team was pretty good on the ladder. Like, we all had teams, but his team was, like, top five. I think they were, like, 45 and four or something. They had a really cool name, cool clan tag, and had some good players on it. And he was picking up, like, other talent from other teams, and we had played them, and we like t- we like uh, played really good against them. Me and my team, and I was like dominating. I was just a little kid, and he hit me up. He's like, "Yo, you want to join? Because you could have like 12, 15, 20 people on a clan if you wanted at the time." So I joined that clan, and then uh, we were super good. We had like our team of four, and then I left and I joined the number one team, which was N2D, which was ran by Godfather. Mm-hmm. If there's any OGs in here, they'll remember Gotti, um, and. There was a glitch at the time on Xbox Live where you could make a new account uh, and you get one month free of Xbox Live. And since clans had like 10, 15 people on it, on the front page of the GB ladder, I kid you not, I was on like 10 of the 15 teams at the same time, just like playing with them at different days. Yeah, on different accounts. So that's basically how Call of Duty 2 was. And then we played COD 2 for two years. We had tournaments and stuff like NX Gamers and all this. We actually had actual tournaments. And then... um, you know, after having been on all the top teams there, when COD 4 came out, at that point, like, the community, we had an MLG Pro circuit, <clears throat> and we were watching, we were all watching, like, Halo stuff on TV, we're like, yo, we hope COD gets here one day, so COD 4 came out, we had, a uh, we had, like, tournaments with actual money, like, $500 prizes, free-for-all tournaments, radar-on tournaments, and then the competitive tournaments, and, uh, we had the online pro circuits as well. So then people started to come over. Like, we had um, some rainbow players come over and play. Um, we had or some couple organizations like Tactical Syndicate. Um, it was the real deal at the time, uh, yeah. you know, for, for Call of Duty. So we had the Pro Circuit, and uh, I did well in most of those. You know, played COD for the majority of it. Um, and I was still one of, the, like, the young the youngins at the time. I was, like, 14. Uh, and then the second year of COD 4, because we also played COD 4 for two years. The yep. second year of COD 4 is when some of the, like, mainstay staple players that you guys see now or that are, like, in coaching positions now, that's when they all really came into the scene. So, like, the J-Cap, the Proofies, the Claysters, all those guys came, like, end of the first year, second year of COD 4. 
I'd say like the first half of COD 4 and prior to that, all those guys are, are pretty much gone, except for like a few. Um, yeah. But the, yeah, so then the people that came the second year of COD 4 that were really good, and then they kept playing and became even like way better. Those are the people that you'll still see around now. So there's not like too many true, true Call of Duty 2 people still, you know, lurking. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, that's I mean, when things still... got real was, was the second year of COD 4. Yeah, and they, I mean, I remember around then, I don't remember if it was the second year, because I know Clayster got banned for a little bit. Um, yeah, I got him banned. <laughs> you were the one that got him banned? Yeah, they account recovered in an official match against us and had <laughs> and had somebody account recover for Modi, and I, I, we reported him and got him banned. <laughs> we were all little, little scumbags, but dude, they... Like, you can't do that. I was, you know, it's like I'm just not having that. Yeah, no, against the rules, right? And so he couldn't play for the rest of the year, right? No, it was only like a month ban or something. But either way, there were workarounds around that, dude. Like, it was kind yeah. of for, like, people. There was so much crazy stuff. I remember Nature had to write, like, an apology post to get unbanned. Like, people were getting banned left and right. Jeez. Um, so during that, like, after that time, right, your, I mean, first recorded, I'll say, in your history, like if you look at a wiki or something like that, it says that your technical first chip was with Unite at PAX, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, like a major, um, like an MLG major tournament, yeah, which that was Black Ops 2. I guess prior so, to Black Ops 2, we just had Black Ops 1 really for like the major tournaments. Right, and so you beat Cole, like... What was it like, you know, a number one beating a, a really good team at the time, but also just, like, winning your first land? Yeah, so it was a crazy moment because, like, I was from the beginning of COD, and then I played in so many tournaments, and I, I never got to go to the COD 4 Nationals. So COD 4 Nationals was, like, the big, you know, tournament we had on land. But my grandma didn't let me go to either one of them. We were invited to them, Damn. and I couldn't go. Yeah, so I couldn't go to that. And then... um. Wait, no, I won a major tournament in MW3. Now, was that prior to Black Ops 1 or is that after? It's probably just or counting Black because MW, it was prior, but MW3, remember, it was off circuit. Oh, yeah, yeah. But like I said, back to my original point, like, bro, I just looked at the pro scene as just the top competitors in every game because I played every COD. But anyways, right. yeah, all right. To answer your question, um, I, I had won before, so I already had that feeling. So, so it, like, the... Um, the finals didn't feel different, but to be complexity on like, you know, the big broadcast when like yeah. everybody was at the top of their game, that felt good because I couldn't go to some of the tournaments, all the tournaments that I did, one of the games that I was good at prior to that, like they didn't have as much support. Um, and then in black ops one, you know, I got second at that first tournament and then had like a top six at the next one and then my team right. didn't play as good in the last couple of tournaments or I just I just made some bad decisions and didn't join the right squads. So in Black Ops 2, when Black Ops 2 came out, I was like, dude, I gotta get a chip in this game. And then like at <laughs> Champs, my team had uh I think we got top twelve. And you know, the mentality as a cop player during these years was like we have to do well at champs because that's how you make money. Like we don't know how many of these champs there's gonna be. Right. If you don't play well at champs, like you're not making cash because you were you're not salaried. You're all still in school, so we're like scrimming and going to school, and then scrimming and then going to school. So it's like let me make some money at champs and get ahead in life. Well, that didn't happen. I think we won like two grand each for champs. So, Jeez. so as the year progressed, though, we started to have more tournaments. So like, all right, wait, Call of Duty is getting bigger and bigger. We got a ton of like support and followers on Twitter, and it was like everything was just growing. So. When I won packs, it was a huge, it was a great feeling, a huge weight off my shoulders because I was like, okay, as COD's continuing to grow, like I'm starting to, you know, get to where I think I should have been for a while, which right. that's exactly what it did. Um, that's and because, because I had like ups and downs in my career. I think the year or the MW3 year, I was like my one of my best games uh, in that era. And then it just had Love no support, game. but we won two tournaments at the end of that one. Which was, game, uh, like, damn, I wish it was bigger, you know? Yeah, MW3 had so... It was so sad that it wasn't... Like, that was one of my favorite games to play, if I'm honest with you. Like, I just... I, like, that's when I started creating content. My first piece of content on YouTube, and I have, like, I don't know, 600 videos, was MW3. It was, like, just a pub match with no talking, no nothing on there. Um, like, you talked about your long career, and, I mean, you've played for basically all of the most storied, like, 
Unite, Envy, Optic Nation, TK, Curse, Complexity, EG. Like, you played for so many different um, teams. Like, do you have a favorite roster from all of that that you played with? Um, Yeah, I actually had the most fun on the Unite team with, like, Parasite, um, Embos, and Ricky. Yeah. And then Nato as well. It just just throw Nato in there as a fifth because the only reason we had Parasite is because Nato couldn't go. Um, right. Yep. Right. So it was just like it was just crazy. But yeah, so that team and then the NV team. I think uh, me, I'm, both NV teams were, were fun. But I'd say the more fun one was me, Merc, uh, Formal, and Cap. Although that ended in chaos. But yeah, those <laughs> teams were, were a lot of fun and really really great to be on. But I'd say the majority of my teams in general were always stress. Yeah. It's crazy, bro, to think about that. You just said you, Merck, Formal, and Cap, right? And you're an analyst. Cap is the coach of the team that just won uh, champs. Uh, Merck is a caster. And Formal craziness is still playing, but he's playing Halo professionally and winning. Yeah. I think they just won the last online Yeah, event. they did for optic just won the last online it's crazy like do you ever sit back and, and look at like how many of you guys that started way back then including like crowder and like all these guys that started back then but are now holding all these different positions in the industry oh dude yeah i look at all these guys i mean we're all just like you know one big group of like people who built this thing when it was nothing you know like right. we were literally playing this when it was nothing like these guys you know it's so much different now than it used to be, but yeah, all the people that were there that really stuck through it and did everything and grinded, like a lot of them are in, uh, you know, good spots in the industry. It's really cool to see, um, you know, even like mud dog or, you know, right. as well, like all these people have just been Enable, around. Forever. Yeah. Enable. Yeah. It's, they're still around, and, you know, for good reason. Like they're good people who poured a lot of their heart into it. And then other people who are from the era that are now retiring and doing stuff too, like aches now with the flank and zuma as well yeah. you know there's uh apathy who just retired slack like every all those guys are, are doing cool stuff um that's a good point we, man. we like, used to talk yeah. about it too back in the day we used to be like all right so when we all retire we all get in gm positions and stuff we'll fix this <laughs> that's what we used to say like when we get older we'll fix this <laughs> well you guys are i mean Technically, I think one of the most amazing things, because even my own gaming career started in COD, like, I think it's amazing in general how many people have launched into gaming in general in, in a various amount of different roles uh, because they started in Call of Duty as a fan or as a commentator, as a caster, or as a pro. Like, so, there's so many um, great careers that have launched out of just being involved in some way in Call of Duty back, like, starting back, especially in the Black Ops 2 era. Like, ever since then, I think there's everybody who got involved around that time or was involved is doing something within, and not everyone, I guess. Like, we mentioned Killa earlier. But a lot of people who who, who really had to drive to do it. I get what you're saying. And and I think the reason is is because it's hard to replicate that experience and passion of the grassroots and growing something through, like, school or something, right? So, like, a lot of these guys are are in really good positions and – yeah, you know they had that. You had that passion back in the day. You can't. Exactly. It's an experience. Like you had exactly. to have the passion because you weren't reaping any benefits. Like nope. from the beginning of Call of Duty, <laughs> you know what I mean. So it's just pure nah. passion and love. I look at like what I was doing with the sticks back in the day, and if that was today, and I still had the same size audience. Like I think we we had like fifteen hundred people watching every time we went live. Like we did an award show every year. We had on pros and coaches yeah. and owners. Like, if we were doing that now, we'd be like the flank. I could do that full time. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was just like things have changed so much to where, to your point you just made about the younger players. Like, and I wonder if you guys that, you know, like Krim just got passed up for, you know, for most money, but it's like the game has changed so much. The bags that these guys are chasing are so different. You know what I'm saying? It's insane, dude. Like, if you, if like Krim and these guys had the year that they had back in the day in a year like this, it would just be an absurd amount of cash. Same oh would be like if I had the, the the year that we had in Ghost and like a year like this. Like, yeah, I mean you're chilling. It's just it's just awesome. Like it's so awesome for right. these guys. Like it's the same thing. They're grinding, they're scrimming, you know, having yeah. fun. Like it's the same exact thing. It's just sweet. Like There's that. It's to this point. It. 
Yeah. Do you, so the last question I kind of want to ask about your your playing career, like, was it difficult to call it quits? Like, was it difficult to kind of dis- make that determination that you were going to retire? Yeah. Um, so I guess I don't know how everyone thinks like that's a pro player, but I do know I have a, I had a lot of friends uh, that were pros that were, you know, in similar positions to me and, and like also could relate to me on a lot of stuff just because I had been around for so long. So we would talk about this stuff in like the Skype or the team speak all the time. It was like, what do you do after, you know? Um, and everybody had like their own plan. Um, I remember slash was like, I got to finish school. Some other guys were doing that too. Um, so that was always a giant worry and still is for like a lot of players, maybe not as much because they're making so much they can just put it in the right place. But at the time it was (laughs) a giant, giant worry. Um, so for me, uh, yeah, when I, you know, got dropped from my team. I had an offer to join another team, not in the pro scene, but like it was Ghost, which was I think, I think they were number one or number two amateur team at the time. Yeah, like, yeah, they were pretty good. The, back then. Yeah, um, I just didn't want to climb back to the top. Uh, the salary was like solid, um, so you know I was okay. But I was like, dude, like, but what if I get dropped from this team, or what if this team breaks up? You know, I was like, I just don't want to get caught in the loop, like. That's the worst yeah. thing because I had seen a lot of people, you know, go or get dropped or end their career and then struggle to find their next move. And I was like, I just don't want to be in that position. Probably just paranoia. So I was like, all right, let me just do as much content as I can. Cause I had already been one of the players who had made a ton of content. I remember name aces like, and all that kind of stuff back then. Yeah. Like I think I, I have, when I was on like the phase team under one of the regrets of my career was, I had a the phase competitive channel. Like I made a channel for the team instead of just using my own. I don't know why. Thinking it was smart, and I I I got it's like 105k subs, which was just crazy at the time. And then they took the channel back from me. Shout out Temper, (laughs) took the channel back from me for some reason. And but I had like a hundred something uploads there, so I had a ton of experience making content on there and my personal. So I was like, all right, let me just go 100% full force into this. So I did that. that was honestly kind of short lived though, because it went really, really well. And then the uh, COD World League at the time um, offered me a job to be an analyst, and I had a decision to make. And this all happened within like like two months, like from me starting that that huge Dang. content grind. Because um, they like the next event I could have played with the amateur team, but then they were like, "Do you want to be an analyst and broadcast?" I said, "Sure." And then I was going to keep my options open to join another team. I was like, "Yeah, the team's going to get." absolutely destroyed at this event and then going to offer me a spot. And um, I was like, all right, I'll go to this event, talk over them, roast the team, then I'll get picked up. <laughs> Basically. And then um, CD, or CWL, excuse me, was like, oh, we really like to have you on there. Do you want to do more events? So they contract me for like events throughout the rest of that season. And then at Champs, they offered me it. They were like, we don't know if you want to play or not still, but if you want to do this, you can do this next year. And they like offered me a a position for the full season i was like i have an opportunity do i hang it up just make content do this yeah or do i go and try to play again because i had felt like i could still compete like like i right. knew i could like and it was really saddening and stuff because when you're pro and you're no longer scrimming like your life feels so long like it feels like the days are just moving in slow motion when you're not when you first retire from playing. So I was going through it. I was like, dude, what the hell do I do every single yeah. day? If I'm not playing cod, I was like, what is my life going to be like? And it ended up being like a really nice blessing. Cause I had played cod since I was like 10 or 11. So when I ended up doing this, I had so much more time. And like in my days, I built up like other relationships in my life and like explored other interests and stuff like that. And I found it to be really nice. So I was like, I'll just hang it up. Everybody has to do it at some point. And that's basically how that happened. Well, and you had an offer. Like, it's crazy to think about. You said you started playing COD at 10 or 11. So every job you've had has been related to Call of Duty. Like, Oh, yeah, absolutely. Literally, from day one. That's amazing, bro. So, like, I mean, your career is awesome. What you've done, like the content. Like, I used to watch your aces that used to put on. You used to do the... I liked your kind of like um, thumbnails back then with the car- playing cards and everything. I of course liked the Codcast and all Thanks. that because you were you were doing it like before the flank. You know, you would bring oh, on yeah. pros and stuff like that. Everybody you know? sets the ground the groundwork. You know, somebody else too. Facts, facts. And so, 
I guess, you know, I want to move over to Champs. You know, like, I went to Champs. Um, I did not go to Champs. It's actually the first COD Champs I've ever been to. Oh, hell um, yeah. From my own perspective, it was amazing. Uh, the talent team, you guys were exceptional, especially, like, you had to fill in for Veli on the desk. And I'll be honest, like, I was telling Landon this because I got to have dinner with him when I was there. Like, I, I didn't miss – it didn't feel like anything was missing. Like, you guys filled in. Um, and I'm sure there were meetings, you know, to figure out who was going to do what and rotating members yeah. on the desk. But, like – you guys did a, a great job and hopefully like feel like you killed it as a, as a talent team. Yeah. You know, it was a tough spot to be in having figured out, you know, especially for, you know, the desk. And um, I think also I got to give a lot of props to, like Allie as well. Like having this impromptu work with like a new host is, is the easiest thing, especially when she's pretty new to this. Um, yeah. She freaking rocked the stage and, uh, all the hosts that filled in, they, they killed it as well. I mean, I think, uh, you know, in terms of the talent team, we just have a really good relationship, everybody together. Like we all, you know, talk all the time and, you know, I hear about other talent team stuff and other esports, and it's, uh, I feel like we have no like horror stories. Like it's always so easy yeah. to work with. Everybody's such good friends. We're just all there to help each other. So it wasn't like a, as big of a deal as I guess it would seem like having somebody else have to come on for segment to segment. Um, right. and then we've also worked together for years. Like I've worked with Clint forever. I've worked with miles for years now. Um, obviously I don't know Lando as well, but he's co-caster with study. Who's like my brother. So I'm around. Right. Him. So it was pretty easy to, to honestly work together. Like we all have oh, a good man. working relationship. So I thought it came, came across really well on the screen and, um, everybody. Yeah. Did great. And I think Lando killed it by the way. The desk he host. did a good job. He's like, funny as hell, man. Yeah. Like Lance, like, like he also, you know, he has a degree in broadcast journalism and all that. Like, he understands, I think, he tries to figure out what everybody else is looking for. And I think that worked on the desk. Because on the desk, there's four of you guys, like, all talking and handing it to each other. And one of the things he told me is he was like, he didn't want it to be about him. He just wanted to be a host. He was like, I'm going to keep passing it to everybody else to give their opinions. Yeah, that's exactly. like, what did you say? Oh, sorry. Did my mic mess up? I said that. That's great. Like what you said. What he said about not being, not it being about him, but everyone else. Right. Yep. And he just really wanted it to be about you guys. Like so, you know, I heard that. You know, I, I watched a rap video where he talked about that this was the best viewed COD champs of all time, which I think is so interesting. How everybody did not like this game. Like everyone hated it. The moment the pro players could tweet that they hated it, like a BZ, like immediately. The next day, like, tweeted it out. Everybody <laughs> agreed with him. Like, and I'm sure he might get fined or whatever. But, like, it's interesting to me that the CDL, like, you guys, talent team, uh, production, like, were able to pull off the best viewed champs ever on a game that was the least liked game by the pros. And I guess, like, one of my questions for you is, like, what do you think led to that in, um, in order for this to be such a good season um, on a viewership basis? All right, yeah, um, a couple of ways to answer that. Well, first, let me state, um, I think it was a multitude of things. Um, so when I answer, I'm going to answer from our perspective on our contribution okay. to this uh, viewing experience. Um, not saying that we're the reason, just our contribution to it. Um, I think during stage four, um, we had a, a talk with, you know, all the production and talent. We all got together. We were like, all right, how do we like do our part, you know, to make this bigger on a game that isn't the best the pros don't like as much. The online league seems, you know, a little boring at times, like the stakes didn't feel as high. We're like, okay, champs is like the big thing at the end of the year, right? That's the big draw. Yeah. What are the storylines? So we like we met actually twice a week with talent production to point out the storylines for every single team for going into every weekend. So we met on Sunday nights. We do Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right after the show on Sunday. Sometimes, you know, it's a 10 hour show. We would all link up in, in the meeting room and then get all the rest of the guys in the video and talk about what happened that weekend. What we want to focus on for the next weekend. And then we met again on, on Thursdays prior to the show. It's like hammer that down. And I, I think the production, um, you know, John, Danny over at Esports Engine, Ethan, um, as well as Carson, the stats guy, like they, they did so good in the graphics team at, at like supporting the storylines that we wanted right. to, to push on broadcast. And I think uh, the fans bought into a lot of those things, which is great. Like they, it, I think the fans had more of an understanding this year 
of what was actually at stake um and and what was what was happening you know what i mean like the new york one was awesome uh and oh i my think gosh. yeah i think the the toronto event went went great um after that was when we started what I was just saying. And then the stakes were so high for all these teams. You had Boston with the hard schedule. The roster mania period helped a lot because that led into stage four with the stakes being so high. And right. so we focused a lot on the roster mania and just painting a picture, right? Like not as much of like, all right, they need a match win to make it in champs. That's it. It was like painting the picture of their entire season. Um, yeah. So shout out to the rest of the talent guys and, and Bryce Tackier. He was uh Bryce, he, he joined the meeting and he was like, we need to come from like an overhead view and tell everybody's story for the whole year and explain this to the fan. Um, so I feel like everybody was tapped in all stage four, all stage four major um, right. personality was brought back into the broadcast, made a lot of fun. If you remember back in the day, some of the biggest draws in Call of Duty were just like the crazy moments we had on the timeline yep. or on the broadcast. And we had those moments at, at, you know, even if it was, you know, more buttoned up and more professional, that's how it should be. We had those moments with the walkouts, with the craziness in the interviews. Um, yep. I think having a uh, guy blaze back on the stage was massive. Like he just has a good rapport with the players and he asks good questions and he lets them speak. He let, he controls the crazy moments and stuff. And it worked really, really well. Uh, and then also the atmosphere at these events, it's wild. Like when people post, you know, videos and pictures of these events, it makes people want to be there, which is why I think the crowd was so lit for champs in LA. LA crowds are usually absolutely trash. This, this crowd, <laughs> this crowd was actually dope, dude. Like they, it's just like Call of Duty crowd culture is a thing now. Like we didn't have that years prior. Like everybody just sat, unless we were. Yeah. You know what I mean, there's like we lot, have crowd culture now. Like yeah. there's a there's a there's a way to behave in the COD crowd now, and and there's you know people driving it, and that that's the whole community. You know what I mean? Like we got people like Gersh out there. We got some of these people that work for the teams like out there, yeah. mascots and stuff. Like everybody Poppy is, buy- yeah, exactly. Everybody's buying into it. <laughs> And that started earlier this year, too, as well. Like, with, I think having Optic host the first major set, like, a standard for the rest right. of the year. You know, they had the the intros, the drum roll, the hitch. They had the, everybody out there. You know what I mean? So they set, like, a standard of how crowds need to be. And then everybody tried to elevate it um, from there. So everybody played a part. And, you know, it just proves that, like, people are interested in Call of Duty. Um, doesn't even matter the game our community is strong. Yeah, I feel you, man. I, like it was such a, um, it was such an awesome event. What was like from a just straight up perspective of where everybody placed, uh, what was the biggest surprise for you? Um, oh man, it's hard, dude. I mean, I feel like a lot was like kind of predictable in this yeah. tournament. Uh, I guess New York, like I didn't think they would, I thought they'd be a little bit better, to be honest. I thought like, they were going to beat Optic, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that they definitely had potential. Um, they kind of got waxed. But I don't know. It's just, like, such a tough situation to be in. Like, so much stress prior to that tournament for them, probably. And, yeah. you know, they come in there. It's just a couple of matches. Um, so, yeah, I'd say New York was the most surprising. Maybe okay. London as well. I didn't have massive high hopes for London, but – you know, with a team that was so good online and then, like, flopped at the major, like, I expected them to come back a little bit stronger headed into this, but yeah, just might not I have had, had the right roster, man. I had them and Boston placing the lowest in the tournament. I thought they'd be the first ones out. It's not – and to be honest, this league is so good. It wasn't because they weren't good. It was just because there were so many teams that just on paper and in practice looked a lot better, in my opinion. And so I didn't I, think, you know yeah. what I'm saying? I thought they'd have to pull off an upset to make it uh, far in the tournament. Yeah, one one big what if that I wish we won't ever get the answer to, but is that LAG, I just wish they were at champs. Ah, man, yeah. Like, LAG is just a team, like, I just don't feel like their points going into champs, like, tells their full story of the year. Like, I think that they are actually a really solid roster. They just could like they won an event. You know, I mean, you probably know Slasher better than I do. I don't know what, I, I don't know what happened to that team. Like they looked good, yeah, and I know it was you know that they had a weapon that ended up getting GA'd, but 
Um, and then it just it felt like they couldn't figure out roster and roles. Like that's what just and that was the death of them is they just couldn't figure it out in terms of like they knew how to play the game. They just yeah, they just the needed right to people. commit to something, man. Like it was like like in Call of Duty now, it's you're not just gonna find that like instant success. Like it's so tough. Like their run with picking up Spart was actually a miracle. You know what I mean? And yeah. it looked like they were just trying to like, okay, we swap this guy, bring this guy in, like we're just gonna win right away. Like, nah, you have to just commit to a roster after yep. at that point and just grind yep. it out. You know what I mean? And get points yep. for champs. So just made a couple bad decisions in the middle, but. Yeah. Overall, like, unfortunate. They made good decisions as well. Like, do these guys won a championship? You know what I mean. So, well, and speaking on, you know, like rosters. So, roster mania, of course, is looming. The only announcement we seemingly have, but that is not confirmed so far, is that Crowder took Phase out of his Twitter um, and took out that he is the head coach of Phase from his Twitter. And so, it looks like there's a possibility that Phase is making a change in the coaching seat, which is uh, crazy because he was the coach so, yeah. for a number of years. What's your What are your overall thoughts on that decision in general, if it's realistic? Okay, so I don't know anything about this. Um, okay. Crowder's my guy, though. Um, yeah. And I don't, I don't know if he's with them or renegotiating or whatever it is. Uh, but knowing Crowder and his, like, the way he is mentally, I w- would assume that Crowder is the guy who's like, okay, I'm going to coach as long as I can provide help to these guys and like, yeah. and like make them the best team that they can be. I think Crowder is the coach. They won a ton of tournaments. He did everything he could. I mean, and this year they didn't win a championship. So I think Crowder just knowing him is probably putting blame onto himself, like unnecessary blame mm. onto himself. But yeah. that is the standard that he sets himself at. I'm not even kidding you, bro. I, I mean, I, I can't speak on his behalf. Like I said, this is just my thoughts. But right. I'm not even kidding. Sense. The the standard that he sets for himself, I, I think he actually might be there like, all right, we didn't win this year. I'm going to let, you know, RJ step up and be the head coach. Um Wow. I did everything I could, and I couldn't get these guys to a chip. Like, I, I, I would have doubted if that's how he's thinking, which is just, like, the most honorable, mind-blowing, like, thought process ever. But that yeah. is literally the standard he sets himself to. Because when this guy used to compete, he would literally, like, win a tournament and then be like, I still suck. Or you know, <laughs> win the world championship, and then a month later be like, I'm ass, I might retire. Like, yeah. Well, so, I mean, I'm sure he'll find, if he is, for some reason, stepping down a phase, I'm sure he'll find another opportunity. I mean, their average placing I mean, was higher than everybody else in the league. Yeah, they were godlike, bro. Like, and he's obviously, like, he is the best coach. Um, I think with Crowder uh, and phase, they have an amazing staff. Uh, they have an amazing team. No reason to change anything over there. He just might want to relax, you know, watch the sunset, yeah, play some Call of Duty and stream. <laughs> Which he could um, definitely Crowder, do. Yeah, he had his little show and breakdowns that he does. It's pretty good. I've watched his stuff before. Um, so, like, as we continue to ask questions, if any of you guys that are uh, in the space live uh, have any questions, just uh, submit a request to talk, and uh, we'll give you permission so that you can ask uh, Nameless a question. Um, but moving on, staying in the vein of uh, Roster Mania. So, the assets on the market so far that are basically confirmed like Attach, Hydra, Clayster, Scrappy, Afro, Standy, Shotzi, Wake, Zero, Illy. Um, Of any of those guys that I've mentioned or anybody that you know of that I haven't mentioned, like some of the people in Challengers, Brack and Mohawk and those guys, like who do you think is the most valuable um, that is for sure going to either cause a stir in the scene, like an Attach, um, or a clay, or who do you think from like that isn't playing but that is sitting on the sidelines is going to cause um, some moves to happen uh, in the in the pro scene in the league? I think attach is going to cause some some disruption. Um, I think he will. I think, however, like hmm, it's tough though because like it, does Toronto decide to make a move? Like I think they probably will, right? Yeah, and, I think they will. 
Honestly, I don't even think they should. If I'm gonna keep it a bug, I don't you think, think they should Toronto. stick. Yeah, I think Toronto should stick. I think, and the reason I think Toronto should stick, if I'm Toronto, if I'm a, that team and that organization, I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, everybody else wants us to make a change, so like they can get the rosters that they want. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, if you're Toronto, I think you. I mean, I'm pretty sure they had Cami. Like he signed another contract. Like I think Cami's like. Yeah, he wasn't team. on the list. Yeah, as being free. Yeah, so, wait, first of all, can you send me this list real quick if you have it, like, ready? Yeah, 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 yep. Um, I'll send it to you. Something Ben Nassim made, actually. Lips, my guy Ben. Yep, Um, my guy Ben. But, yeah, I think Attacher caused some disruption um, because he was just unbelievable. And, like, for him, there's no knowing, like, how high his ceiling is now because he's finally switched roles. It's a role a lot of people have wanted uh, him to switch to for a while. So... Uh, he'll cause some some uh, changes. Um, so let, let me ask you this. Let me, let me throw you a curveball while you're looking oh. there. What's up? Uh, what if Seth announces retirement? What does that do to the league? He's not going to retire, bro. That would, yeah. I mean, that would just be insane. I mean, it, it'd be ridiculous on Twitter for like two weeks. Um, it wouldn't really do anything to the league. I mean, they would just pick up another fourth. Um, it'd be completely gassed on like, like, first of all, that guy is one of the goats, like one of the best to ever do it Absolutely. in esports in general. Um, him retiring would, you know, be extremely emotional. And for a lot of the fans who are big supporters of him, but in terms of to the league, it wouldn't really do much because Scump is not like a player who's ever left that team and went anywhere else anyways. Right. So right. they would just pick up another Good fourth. Point. Like, so they would just pick up another fourth and somebody would get, you know, put on. So it'd be like, I don't know who they would go after, but. I'm thinking Hydra, man. If that actually happened, um, I don't know if that would conflict with Shotzi, but I know Shotzi and Illy have recently been put on. I guess it's discovered that they, because when they combined with the teams, uh, Dallas and, and, and Optic, they basically kept their same contracts and they yeah. were already on their plus one. So like if you have Illy and Shotzi and then let's say Skump does retire, I don't know if like bringing in Hydra would like be a conflict with how he plays and how Shotzi plays. No, nah, like, I don't think I don't, you, you know. I don't think you do that. I think you put Illy as like full-time sub or something. You pick up another Ooh. like flex type player, like an attached that team. Um, I mean, optic attached. We haven't seen it yet. <laughs> right. Like that, that'd be, that'd be unreal. Um, I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know if you go for Hydra in that situation. Maybe not. I mean, he like. I think if 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 Hydra's available and he's going to find a spot, it's going to be. I think to. I agree with you that Dylan is going to be the number one, like sought after piece because he really did prove himself in a in a unique way this year. I think he's going to be good at this next game just based on a little bit of gameplay and stuff that I've seen. In the engine that it has, um, I think Dylan is any and his brand is bigger than most pros. Like um, in terms of his Twitter following being almost at half a million, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's a big man. Actually, does content there. like you know this dude is he's been around for a while. Never his nose has been clean except for when he um, when he was on Curse. Um, what was everybody calls it? Little kids daycare, but what was it? Curse what was New York? Little, no, the little one. Like it was like the cursed kids or whatever it was it when I forget, when Attach dude. tried to wall bang and missed the shot. Oh man! Um, outside of that, that, you know, like which he's made fun of to this day. Uh, I think Attach is is one of the most respected players in the league, if for for not being on optic especially. Like he's very very well respected, has oh, high absolutely. regard. His mom has really high regard. Like he has a really clean brand, um, and I think he can represent a franchise well. So like. I think it's going to be a fight for him. Um, I don't think, you know, Minnesota is going to be able to throw a bag big enough at him, but also be able to acquire the people. Well, they have to do something. They have three free agents. So, like, Minnesota could be in a big shakeup period. Um, Right. I think think if you're Minnesota, like, you definitely retain Havoc. Um, Try to keep Standy. Like, Standy's the guy who, like, didn't have a great year this year, but, like, you let him go somewhere else, he's just going to fry you. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. 
I'm not, I know the Florida guys might be. Let me go look at theirs. Some of them might be free. Uh, yeah, like, like yeah. I think Awakening stock has fallen way too low. Like, dude, I, that guy is a beast, bro. Like, I know some people he's, are worried he's, about. He he's seems never to be played an with era. a veteran, dude. Like, I think that's the, to me that's the challenge of Florida is they've never rotated a veteran onto that team to play with Wake and Skies. Like, that's just the way I feel. Like, watching it from the outside. And so they've been inconsistent every year, you know? Yeah, I think if you're New York, like, you try to retain Hydra and give him a bag, franchise tag him, get another year out of Krim, and then maybe make a move there, like, with Paul and Awakening. Not that Paul's, like, not great, but, like, like just give them, like, another consistent slayer, like, because they were right there, you know what I mean? And you could honestly get away with keeping that roster, but... We saw some of the potential issues in these last two events. Like, Paul didn't answer the questions that we needed answered, which was, right. like, can he pop off on land? It just yeah. didn't happen at either land, right? So, unfortunately for that, like, we know he has that high potential and should be in the CDL. But if they're trying to get a championship out of Krim in potentially his last year and, you know, Hydra in his prime, by that logic, right. it's like we have these guys. We have Hydra in his prime in Krim while he can still compete. Um, you know, I would say Paul's better than Krim, but you're just not getting rid of Krim. Like, no, not no, with what I, he I brings, mean, right? No, so, no. so it's and like what he brings to the team and his yeah, his branding and everything. Yeah, you know. I think if you're in New York, you kind of break the bank going into MW two to try to get this championship while you have Krim and Hydra together. Um, so yeah, they'll exactly. definitely be making some moves. I think so. And New York is a team that can do it. Uh, a kind of a question mark is like, is Parrot is the Legion? Vegas Legion, are they going to pour some money into COD this year? I and doubt it. Man. I doubt it. Yeah, but it's like I doubt it with the rebrand. You know, like I would hope. Yeah, so, but I don't. Gonna, th- I, I doubt it for this year. like they normally do. Uh, I want to get this uh, extreme. Uh, you can go ahead and unmute and ask your question. Uh, question. All right. Thank you, Kingdom and uh, Aftershock. Um, this is a question towards Anthony there. Um, so I'm actually a a, a new uh, GM for an organization, and we're looking at building a COD team right now. There is a single one individual in particular that we've been looking at, but we're kind of on the unsure on whether or not to actually have them added to us. Um, from your perspective as an analyst, um, is VIT Vixa talk someone that you would actually think would be beneficial towards us or um I don't even know that I don't know. Do you know who that is, Nameless? Wait, well I didn't even hear what he said. Is would Vixa talk, excuse me? Yeah. He was uh recently banned because of some BS in regards to like a a, a challenger thing going on. Well, I mean, if he has drama and stuff around him, I would just have a discussion with him and talk to him about it and try to get to the like talk. Was he on teams with like a coach or anything like that or no? I'm I'm still learning that myself. Um, my my COD teammates or my my COD team um, IGL um, has been talking with him. Um, yeah, man. I mean, listen, I would just I would just try to get to the bottom of it, talk to him a little bit more. People that were around him, uh, and maybe try to message the officials that banned him, and see what the reason was, and then make your decision on that. But I can't really uh, aid aid you with like advice on whether you should pick him up or not. Um, if you think he's playing well enough to, you know, the standards that you have set for your organization, then that's a personal decision. But yeah, appreciate your question, though, brother. Um, I do not know how to say your name, but TX Ufik01. <laughs> uh, once you get the ability to speak, you can go ahead and ask Nameless your question. You're good, man. You got to unmute yourself and then you can ask. What's up? Nope, he went back to listener. All right, moving to the next <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, if you guys have any questions, request. Um, YP Teach, uh, you're awesome, thanks guys. Uh, name was big fan, also a big fan of the, the show here. Just tuning in the last little bit. Um, my question is, 
what is one underrated element from any of the CODs that you would like to see come back in Modern Warfare 2? If that's like a perk, you know, a certain like spawning thing, or if that's like a balancing thing. If I got yeah. you, bro. EMPs, period. They need to come back. <laughs> oh, yeah. 100%, bro. The ability to gain information in a non-overpowered way and search and destroy or get rid of people's mini-maps is amazing. Like, even if EMPs operate a different way of where, like, maybe they don't go as through many walls, just, like, through one wall, or if they, you know, just disable, like, somebody's utility, right? Like, stuff like that adds strategy to the game, and that needs to come back. I can't express, like, express enough how good the meta was in Black Ops 2 when we had stuns, EMPs, oh, and, amazing. and you had to choose what you wanted to get hit by or if you want to be a selfish player and be impervious to everything it just adds a, a such an element to playing that like it brings strategy into respawn aside from just rotating and winning a gunfight like strategy and respawn right now in the last few years there is strategy you have to play the correct way but it's minimal like it's not this like game of like okay i can get here play this and get information over here whilst doing this and relay that to my team like that is what can set a team above and beyond and that will also make hard points be like way different like people will win by so much more if we have actual meta like we yeah, used to yeah, people used to be people, like a better hard point team would be a worse hard point team like 250 to 70 like consistently back in the day oh you mean like that uh the skill gap like like if we have actual yeah. meta like actual meta in black ops 2 like the better hardpoint team always won that's not the case now like it's yeah your gun your gun exactly. didn't have to be on absolute fire to win a hardpoint back in the day yeah now you have to have somebody that is a little bit cracked it seems like um it, it it was very interesting this year to watch it was so unpredictable uh and then you have random blowouts like the 250 to 58 we saw at champs which was uh, shocking um vacan or however you say your name beans uh you can go ahead and ask your question you just gotta unmute hey uh, thank you for your question yt preach by the way how's it going what's up man uh not much i got a quick question more related to challengers awesome um if you had to choose what the best format for challengers would be if you if you actually had mm. that decision how would you set it up right now it's like cups into points for seeding at the opens into seeding for champs right so i think i would like try to make it more of like a league i feel like having to play a tournament every weekend is kind of trash i think they're like I don't know. Like, I know the I know why they want to do points. Like, and the, why they want it that way. Like, it just keeps it more active. But I just feel like the the constant cups is way too much um, yeah. for these challengers uh, players. I know it's like the biggest complaint. Um, but honestly, if I were to change it, I know people <laughs> the challengers players might not like it as much. I would put like way more roster locks in it. Like, I yeah, think... you can't keep up with those teams at all. Yeah, hundred percent. Not even remotely. Bro. Like, I feel like you should have to like submit your team for challengers, like, like uh, in each, um, like stage of challengers. Like, there should be stages for challengers. You should have to submit your team and like your roster is just locked for that stage. Um, at least that's how I think it should be up until the the, the tournament. Um, but it's a hard one to to crack, man. Like challenge players, they like to have roster changes. They like to play a lot. Some of them do. I just think it's too much. Like, the last few years, bro, these guys have had to play every weekend uh, a cup all day long and then scrim the days prior to it. So that needs to be reduced for sure. Yeah, and, you like, you can't, like, you know, I sat there watching. Um, I watched uh, Clay's team play against Classic's team, you know, the team that ended up winning. And it was, it, like, it's so hard to keep track of the rosters. Like, it, you can't Impossible. build – a brand at all like it and i didn't know who to root for so it's just like you if i'm a fan of challengers if i'm like an up-and-coming cod player i would just find a person that i like to watch now the one thing i will say is like toronto na i would say better than most teams in challengers they built an actual like 
like Scrappy's attached to their brand in my opinion. Yeah, no, they've you know? done, they've done it right. But every team doesn't have the means to do that, you know. So That's it right. has to be within the challengers ecosystem itself of like yeah, like submit your roster, you're committed to it, and then like grind this stage out. And then right. I'm not like I'd have to really sit down and dive into it, but there's definitely a solution to where like the points it, it doesn't I don't know, like they have to reformat the way the points work in that. Cause I know there was some issue this year with like certain teams getting into champs, et cetera. Um, so that, yeah. that needs to be reworked. And then challengers champs should just have like more teams as well. Uh, let me ask you this before uh, we're getting towards closing out. Um, I'm sure you hate these questions cause I'm sure you get them all the time when you're doing interviews, but um do you have a top five all-time list that you'd share pr- players? Well, good God. It's probably changed now. Um, shit. Well, top <laughs> top five all-time. I mean, I, I got to go. Uh, wait, do you want it in order? If you can, yeah. Well, crib number one still. Probably go... Scump number two, he would have been lower if he didn't win the first championship this year. But that's facts. Yep. I think he went up like two spots. I think I had him number four. So Scump number two, and then Clay number three. Right. Unless I'm forgetting somebody, bro. This is a very, this is an asterisk on this list because I have to like wait for another <laughs> list to know. So I'll put a heavy asterisk on this list. But uh, just off the top of my dome right now, yeah, Crim, Scump, Clay, then. Simp, and yeah, bro. Hold on, let's just talk about that. I'll talk about that for the last minute. Yeah, Simp Abizi, bro. Simp and Abizi are top five players all time, and this phase roster is the best team of all time 100%. Wait, 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 slow down. Did you just say the current phase roster is the best team of all time? Yeah, this is the best team of all time, and it's the new standard for a dynasty. So you still so you're the only person that I've heard say this. Even though they won not a single tournament this year, you still think they are a dynasty. Yeah, bro, these guys are godlike. They've been to three uh, dude, these guys have literally been to so many world championships. They have two rings each. Like Selim has a ring. They've been dominating right, right. for years. And this year they didn't get a championship, but they still placed top 2 the entire year. Like they were already the best team all time. Like, like this Whoa. just like. So if you're wait, what what team? Time, what team? Wait, what team could compare to this? Though? What? You said for your top three teams all time, you'd put Phase at the top. Wait, top three teams all time? No, I, I'm putting. Oh yeah, I'm putting Phase number one. I'm putting uh, Optic number two and Complex. Oh, you cut out, or maybe I cut out. Oh, wait, no, you cut out, I think. Uh, oh, I think you're... Wait, my, oh, can you hear me? Oh, there you are. You're back. You're back. You're back. Yep, yep, yep. So you oh, said... I phase, said, how could a, optics, how could a team be above phase? I mean, I guess... So when you look at the Optic Dynasty, though, like how many championships did they win over a number of years? Okay, so the Optic Dynasty started winning what year? AW, right? They got smoked at champs. Yeah. And then they won, what, like four tournaments after champs? So they got smoked at the big tournament, and then in that and yeah. keep in mind in this era of Call of Duty, Ghost AW, after champs, right. nothing really mattered as much, but it still mattered. So we'll still yeah, count it. True. So that's so true. look, look, Optic won a tournament after champs, got cooked there, won a tournament after, right. and then got cooked by Fades, by the Zuma uh, and Clay team, right? Yeah, they got yeah, cooked yeah, yeah, by yeah, them, yeah, 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 yeah. right? It was them versus them the whole year. Yeah, it was back and forth. All right. Yeah. And what game came out immediately after AW? Oh, my gosh. Black Ops something. Was it Black Ops 3, right? All right. Yeah. So, in Black Ops 3, they won, like, two tournaments early in the year or something. I don't know. Like, maybe, like, one major something. Um, right. Then at the season championship in Black Ops 3, my team cooked them, knocked them out. And we lost to Envy. Envy won. And then champs, Envy won champs. Right? All right. right. So then we go. What the game that came out after Black Ops Three? Sorry, bro. I'm, my mind's going to rerun. So well, so I'm looking at like, and then it's IW, and I'm then it's at... IW, and then 
in IW, they won the world championship that year, right? So, right. So they finally got that world championship that year, and then they broke up. So, like when we're talking about the best team of all time, it can't they can't be better than FaZe. It's just like, dude, you you might have to make content on this, man. It's so debatable. It's I mean, it, and it's not debatable to me, but. I feel like I, I just like, dude. There's so like, if we're gonna t- if we're gonna sit here and be like, "Yo, Faze didn't get a chip this year. They can't be the best." Then we bring up the thousand other blemishes on Optics' resume. Then, well, they can't be the best team. They lost to this team to get knocked out of this tournament. You know what I mean? Yeah. They got smoked at champs. Like, like the AW year. Like, how can you count that as part of their dominance? Like that game at all when they got cooked at champs and then cooked by phase at the end of the year. You know what I mean? It was just a solid, they were just like one of the solid teams throughout that game. Yeah. Like they, I'm looking at like their placements in AWs, like UMG Orlando first, MLG pro league playoffs first, uh, regional final first, ESWC first, Gfinity first, UMG Cali first. Yeah. But these MLG pro league listen, bro, like, like there's so much that goes into it, brother. Like, I, I can really break this down from, like, an absolute factual standpoint. Like, uh, bro, when you look at the, the where Call of Duty is now and where it was prior. Right. And these are things people won't talk about when they talk about Legacy, but I will. And I'm not a hater. I just like it to – I like people to know the facts. Yeah, I, I like people to know the facts. And these are the facts, bro. In these games, like AW, Optic was literally sitting on stage every single match on the main stage. And, the, like, all these other teams are playing on side station stuff. You know, you should be absolutely dominating. So when you bring up the UMG tournaments, they have an asterisk to me, which is why a lot of these chips that inflate, like, the the optic legacy. run, during, the legacy during that time, they inflate it. Because I hold those in I, – I don't hold those in as high regard as I hold their world championship. They won IW. That was a massive win. Or, like, their right. MLG Pro League championships, those are a massive win. But – Right. Even in even with those wins, they have a, those UMGs and stuff. It's a lot of chips, but at the big major tournaments and the ones that you know really define your history, they did not have a ton of success. Which is why I have Phase above them because that's the difference with Phase. They've done it for a similar period of time, and they've done right. it at the big ones. That is the difference to me uh, between the Phase and the Optic team. Is is, is going to be is the world yeah. championship performance, and in that aspect of it, to me, is inarguable, because if we had UMG tournaments nowadays, like for example, we had five majors this year, right? Imagine if yeah. you took ten more tournaments and threw them into the year, hosted by outside vendors. Phase probably has two or three chips. You know what I mean? So that is yeah, so. I'd so say, to yeah. me, that is the difference when you when you compare the teams. Because I think I'll be honest, I think what helped Optic win all those tournaments, which is the crowd and the love, and then booing the other team and them getting the let's go Optic. And well, they were godlike. The juice and the feeling. Yeah. Of, well, yeah, no, I know they were good, but I'm saying I think that that is what has negatively impacted Phase. I know, like I heard Simp say in an interview that, and Arcity's said the same thing, like being booed and having people like. Like, Arcides was on the Huntsman. Like, he felt the difference of what it means, you know, like, for only a year. But he felt what it was like to, to be the favorite every time you walked in the building. I'm really interested in the line of, like, thought that you took it on on what is the greatest team of all time. Like, when you talk about you guys chasing storylines, like, that's a good one, in my opinion, for the offseason. And uh, it'd be interested. I might, I might throw that at the flank to see what their opinions are, like. Um, I'm really interested in it because I see your points. Listen, bro, I understand where you're coming I need from. Any pro player like, that tells you otherwise is capping and they're pandering to the fans, bro. I'm telling you. <laughs> Listen, dude. Listen, I shot, I shoot it straight. I always have since day <laughs> one, bro. I I will go into more of it. I already plan to do a video talking about it. If you want to get in a call and discuss it in the future, we can. But it's an interesting no, topic for sure. Um, and I think when people. You know, it's just like herd mentality. You're like, oh no, optics the best. They have to be, like, right. No, but they I, are godlike, so like, bro. Don't get it twisted. That team is godlike. Oh, no, it's just yeah. what Faze is doing is not. People do not understand how impressive this is. It is, and it is very impressive. I'm glad they grabbed a couple maps in the grand finals because five zero would have hurt 
you know, like, oh, yeah, it was, uh, watching that live, it was hard when it was 4 0. I was like, man, are we about to really see this? Like, oh, uh, you want to hear a really, just... a really funny thing I heard? I heard when, uh, because we'll Steve's had an after party afterwards, I didn't end up going, but uh, I, I was about to, but anyways, I heard that they booked the venue and they were up 4 0, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then phase one, two maps, and they're like, oh, shit, what do we do? <laughs> Oh man, so that, that was um, pretty funny. Time, uh, nameless, you have the best name in the world, Anthony, of course. Of course. Um, but no, thank you for your time, brother. I appreciate it. Appreciate your takes and opinions. And I, oh, I, I actually love that you've always kept it real with your opinions on broadcasts, on your private stuff. If you're on a podcast, like, really appreciate it. I hope next year you're able to, if you don't revive the podcast, like, get yourself on one of these other podcasts that talks all the time. If you're allowed to. Um, because I think your takes are pretty good. And Thank uh, you, man. no, nah, man, no, I appreciate you. Appreciate your time. Thank you, everybody that came through. Uh, make sure that if you came towards the end and you want to hear more, uh, you can look us up on AMG Spaces uh, on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast and find us on there. Uh, we'll be back next week, same time, two thirty uh, Pacific time on Thursday for Bridging the Gap. I'll see you guys next time. Peace out. <laughs>